Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, a special look at the Port of Mobile. Also, the V-Team takes a look at a Republican food fight. And Alabama's leadership remains silent in the face of a deadly massacre. You fly back to school now, little Starling. Their silence after the slaughter is deafening. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and as always, I'm joined by the V-Team. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Can I just say real quick, personal privilege moment, that it was so great seeing all of the feedback that we got from our 300th show. People like Jewel that sent us emails. Yes, thank yeah. you, Jewel. That's Ron. so good to hear, and it's so good to know that we make a difference for people. It so. was. It is. It was yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, it was, it was, uh, you know, Democrats, Republicans, mm -hmm. uh, Presbyterians, Methodists. Uh, we got a, from a lot of different folks. Uh, you know, it, it, the country is still reeling after the tragic deaths, murders, I would say, of some 31 people in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. The staff of APR had a meeting in which that Monday we asked, was there a unifying message that we could give that address these horrific killings. What we soon find out, and Beth, you know this is true, and Susan, is that we couldn't agree on what it is we wanted to say. What we could agree upon is that we had different views on how to address the situation. The only thing we could absolutely agree upon, Beth, is that our state lawmakers, the leadership at least, would do nothing and basically say nothing. Right. I mean, there's no denying that this is a tough issue. It's an emotionally charged issue, and it's a highly politicized issue. But the fact of the matter is that we have people literally dying in movie theaters and Walmarts and churches and elementary schools, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. And we can't just sit here and say, that happens, which is what our lawmakers are doing right now. Yeah. We, they, we, we elected them to lead, and this is the type of thing they need to lead on. Susan, it was like the silence of the lambs. I mean, really, mm -hmm. you know, all we heard were platitudes mm -hmm. and thoughts and prayers. Platitudes, thoughts, and prayers. And as I wrote, you know, the lambs can be silent, which I'm meaning the leadership, because they were waiting around to see what President Trump was going to say, right? Right. The lambs can be quiet but somebody's gonna get slaughtered. Now, metaphorically, the, the politicians are the ones who should pay for this, but it's people's lives that pay for it. But again, you know, as Jack says, 
cock of the walk today, feather duster tomorrow. Some of these politicians shouldn't be around after remaining silent. In my book, they should be the lamb chops. But. Well, I mean, we expect leadership from leaders. That's why we elect them. As far as I know, the top leadership in the state, from the governor's office to the president pro tem to the speaker of the house, have not said a peep no. about how no. do we fix this no. in our society. And that's no. what they're elected to do. And you know, while you, you, we want thoughts and prayers, those are good things. We want are. candlelight vigils. We want to memorialize and remember these people. We want to do it far less than we are having to That's do right. it also. What we need is leaders in this state who will stand up and say, this is how I believe we can fix it here in Alabama. But right. what we did have is the nonsense of one guy standing up and going, well, it's just a mental health issue. No, 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 no. Then another guy went, I promise you, no one's coming for your guns. Well, guess what? No one's coming for their guns anyway. No, they're not. Right. They're not. Anyway. Well, and you know, I've, I've always had, well, in my client, I was trying to say the other night about, you know, we thought that maybe if this would happen, you know, if this would hit closer to home for somebody in leadership that has the ability to do something. But don't forget, a gunman walked into a federal building and, and shot and traumatically injured Gabby Giffords and nothing happened. No. And so if it happened to a member of Congress and right. they're still like, meh. That's what we're dealing with. Do you know what the most popular selling item for back to school is this year? Uh, probably a bulletproof vest. Bulletproof backpacks. Jesus sake. You, you, our children literally are having to go to school with bulletproof backpacks. That's disturbing. And again, the we're going to. The fact that we live in a country that makes bulletproof backpacks, y'all. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. Well, I mean, the Israelis have bulletproof backpacks because they have declared terrorists. But we can't declare mass shooters as terrorists, even though if it's a Muslim, it would be a terrorist if they walked into Walmart. We just can't say that about white people. They're mentally ill or all that. Yeah, There's a terrorists. lot more to this, a lot more to this. I don't want to get into it, but I just say shame on our politicians shame, for shame. not saying anything or either politicizing it. You know, what a world we would live in if Kay Ivey stood up tomorrow and said, I am proposing legislation in the state of Alabama that we will have reasonable and aggressive background checks. You know, you're not going to be able to buy an AR-15, like mm -hmm. 10 of them at a, at a time. You know, we're going to limit that. And right now, as they're watching, people are firing off emails and missives. Absolutely. Going, they're taking our guns. Our inboxes are all blowing up right you now. Don't, <laughs> if you don't, you, unless you're hunting feral hogs or you plan on slaughtering your neighbors, you don't need an AR-15. Right. Well, and as we discussed in pre-show, you know, we regulate Sudafed because of its role in mm -hmm. making meth. We regulate fertilizer because it can be used in making bombs, yet, Guns. Well, the founding fathers wanted us to have uh, muskets. <laughs> muskets. Yeah. Hey, I tell you something really great. I love the story. Really great. Evangelist Scott Dawson. He ran for governor, and he didn't win. And but he and I had been talking, and this guy is doing some great stuff, and he's walking the walk, the Christian walk, the Christian talk. He doesn't just preach it; he lives it. And so, anyway, he we're talking. He says, "Listen, World Vision, which is a, a worldwide." Uh, chari charitable group. Mm -hmm. He said, I went out and talked to them, and they are coming to Alabama. And tell them what they're doing, Susan. They are going to be able to supply 
4,000 school children with their needs list to go back to school. Yeah. You know, from pencils and papers and toilet paper and all those things that, would, that, that they get sent home with that a lot of times the parents can't afford. This organization is coming to Alabama and supplying it for 4,000 kids. And that's because this man went out there and talked to him. Instead of talking about Jesus, he acted like Jesus and did something about it. Instead of, and he says he's not running for office, he just wants to help. Right. No, this is great news. And I think it's important to remember that when the parents can't pay for these supplies, it falls back on the teachers. Mm -hmm. And our teachers don't get paid well enough as it is. And so it's not fair to ask that of them. I'm going to keep this a happy story and not point out that this charity usually does work in the third world and they're having to come to Alabama. Right. Yeah, but, well, that's part of it. You know, but we'll get there. We'll get to funding education one of these days. Well, they are putting in a distribution center, so this should grow. But it's just great to see someone who's out here doing good things and not, I mean, we were just talking. I said, man, this is a story. And, and not for a self-serving purpose. That's right. Well, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with a look at Ziggy's Amen. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. Access to clean, affordable energy continues to be an issue of vital importance in the halls of government and around the kitchen tables across our nation. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. of Alabama politics. Susan, uh, at the end of last week, uh, we got email. Many in the media got this email. Mm -hmm. It was, <coughs> excuse me, from a group identifying itself as Ziggy's, Ziggy Army. Right. Hmm. And in this, they Ziggy said- Ziggy Marley? 
<laughs> yeah. They, they said that they represented a group of about 50,000 people who were opposed to the toll bridge over between Mobile and Baldwin County. Mm -hmm. uh, they did not make any claims that they were part of the Facebook group that was the no toll bridge group, uh, but they did state similar facts. Now, the unusual thing that they did is they attached pictures of, of a naked man fully exposed and a face pic of a guy they accused of being a state employee. Mm -hmm. What Ziggy Army said is that this state employee was using state time and resources to send pictures of himself and receive pictures from other gay, from gay men and that they were exposing this in an effort to expose corruption so that they could force the state to pay for the I-10 bridge and not toll it. Now, this is what this Ziggy Army did. Now, because Jim Ziegler has been one of the loudest mouths against the bridge, the toll bridge, we emailed Mr. Ziegler and asked him, and I sent him everything and asked him, did you, do you know about Ziggy's Army? Have you ever heard of Ziggy's Army? Do you, did you know about what they were doing? Do you know anything about this situation? Do you know anything? And Susan, Jim Ziegler did not respond. Jim Ziegler did not respond to a press inquiry? No. For the first time in recorded history? Yeah, exactly. No, that's the story we mark it on the calendar yeah. because had he loves press. Yeah. Everybody knows he loves the press. If he wasn't involved, then why didn't he make a big deal? Well, I, I don't I don't want to go there. I don't want to go this, there. This has gotten out of control. It's you know, he, he's really taking this over the mark. Well, a lot and, of and what done. the thing is is this is extortion really. It I'm, is. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm not a prosecutor, but there are a lot of criminal elements here. Well, and, and, and get strung an, another part of the criminal elements is we uh, had the accused agency go back and look at their records and go through all their servers, and this was not on there. Right. This was not passed. So this, in the beginning, but was fraudulent before it was ever posted. Their stated goal, and they put the state employee's name and agency in the email that mm -hmm. went out, and the goal was to force the state to pay for the toll bridge. Well, obviously, yeah, we're not releasing that information. No, we did Certainly not. not. We did not. And, it, and so it, what it sounds to me is like this was somehow a legally obtained photograph. Mm -hmm. And I'm well, they sorry. said they hacked the com that, that. No, I'm sorry. If it's went wrong, into the computers. if it's wrong when they hack women's phones to get pictures out of our phones, how is it different? I mean, I'm usually not like the men's rights activist, of course, but how is this acceptable behavior? I mean, what they did was gross. they said this that IT people from that agency gave them to Ziggy Army. Now, because the, they had captured them on the, the toll, they the toll, the the no toll bridge group on Facebook. They, they appear to have had nothing to do with it. This they is a separate group. They haven't posted anything. They haven't thing. done any, you know, on it. And look, Ziegler lied before and said that uh, the V had lampooned mm -hmm. uh, that no toll oh, group. Toll and we group. did not. And we did not. I sent him a copy of the federally mandated transcript of this show. It's closed caption. It's federally mandated. It'd be 100% accurate. I sent that to him, and I said, Mr. Ziegler, point out where we lampooned or disparaged that group. Mm -hmm. He didn't respond. He didn't respond to that either. He didn't reply. We, yeah, we have a tendency. Sometimes we'll get a little out there on our opinions, but, like, 
our facts are usually we're not going to report something unless yeah. it's and we're not we, we, today. We, and we're not a, we, some, we're not infallible we uh we do make mistakes and but again he lied he wanted to get that group excited so he lied and then we got the most filthy vile vile violent threatening also. letters from members of that no toll bridge group that I've ever received and it's just a few people but that group I support what they're doing because that's direct democracy what I don't support is lying trolls like Zig Ziglar who will lie to the group lie to the public lie to everybody for political gain he is disgrace he is nothing but a big bag of wind and he needs some new ties while we're at it. Like, if we're just going to go ahead and drag him, let's get him some ties He's a work. disgusting human being that has no place in state government. Anyway, that's just my personal opinion. No. This is an opinion show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there was a great Republican food fight this week, and I wish we had more time to get into it. Tommy Tuberville, Beth, came out and said that Donald, he was mad at Donald Trump because Donald Trump had not done enough for the veterans of this state, then Arnold Mooney, who's running for Senate, who's Who? no, Arnold Mooney, who's running for Senate, <laughs> that no one's ever heard of, right. uh, came out and said that he was dissing the president. So Tuberville walked it back and said that Trump had done more for veterans than anybody in the world, anybody ever. And he wasn't lying the first time. He was telling the truth the first time. He wasn't telling the truth the second time. He just couldn't. He just had to kowtow Beth. Right. Well, and as my friend Zach points out, Tommy Tuberville has a history of switch hitting and when he's speaking to people. Switch hitting? I don't and think that means what you think it I, means. In this context, we're going to oh, okay. I don't know. Well, I thought he was a basket. I mean, a baseball. Or, no, he's not a baseball player. No, he's a f football coach. Okay. Well, also, you know, switch hitting is. I don't get into his personal that. endeavors. I'm just saying uh, he has a tendency to say one thing and then come out in another yeah. audience and say something else. The truth is, even the Washington Examiner has pointed out that the Trump administration has not done a great job with the veterans. No. Here in Alabama, uh, Martha Roby has done more for the veterans than and, President and Trump. And Senator Shelby. And Senator Shelby. The veterans here in Alabama still have lousy health care here in, in Montgomery, mm -hmm. and they need better care. It, it's okay to criticize the president of the United States. He is not God or a cult leader. Well, and generally, if you want something done, pushing from within your party is how to get yep. it done. The exactly. Democrats can't encourage him to do anything. Right. He'll do the opposite. That's right. All right, well, we're going to have to leave it right there. When we come back, we're going to take a special look at the port of Mobile. doing today? Um, play the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. 
Now time is on your side. Recently, the Alabama Political Reporter and the Voice of Alabama Politics have teamed up to do a series of special reports where we go in and we look at different parts of Alabama and we highlight uh, some of the activities that are going on, the places that are of interest in the state. And the first one we did, we spent hours and hours and hours at the Portomobile. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to share with you our special report on the Portomobile. I'm Bill Britt. The Portomobile is a crucial commerce center for the entire state of Alabama. Seafaring vessels from all over the globe come in and out of the port, bringing prosperity and growth to our state's economy. Over the last year, Senator Richard Shelby and Governor Kay Ivey have worked tirelessly to improve and expand the port, to bring more jobs, more commerce, better things, and a brighter future for all Alabamians. Governor Kay Ivey said, the Portomobile plays a significant role in expanding Alabama's global footprint. Our port, being one of the largest in the nation, ensures that our Made in Alabama brand is recognized worldwide. Activities with our shippers and the other activities in, in the, generated by the port, generated over uh, about $490 million in tax revenue for the state. Our annual revenue varies a lot from year to year because we handle a lot of commodities and commodity prices go up and down and markets go up and down, sometimes very dramatically. In a bad year, we do 110 to $120 million a year. In a good year, which in fact this year is a good year, our revenues can be upwards of 150 million or more. The Business Council of Alabama President and CEO, Katie Boyd Britt, had this to say. The Portomobile is an economic engine for the entire state of Alabama. With the tireless efforts of Senator Shelby and the passage of the Rebuild Alabama Act, Alabama has a rare opportunity to expand our only deep water port as the fastest growing container port in North America, the deepening and widening of the Portomobile will continue to enhance Alabama's economic competitiveness on both a regional and global scale. Under the Rebuild Alabama Act, the state is investing in its future by deepening and widening the port to allow even larger cargo ships to dock in Alabama. After modernization, the channel will be 50 feet, which will enable us to accommodate uh, the large container ships uh, with a almost full load on board and uh, that's where we get a lot of the big benefit here in Alabama and also is going to help our coal shippers and if they can go to larger ships and, and uh, enter markets and perhaps uh, be more competitive. Our automobile industry is uh, will benefit because the cost per container with the deeper ships 
uh, will go down. Uh, we're building an automobile terminal so that we can serve Alabama's uh, automobile industry uh, and their needs for export. Poultry uh, will be increasing through our port. We'll be able to uh, more competitively serve the poultry industry with the bigger ships. As Senator Richard Shelby said, Alabama has a rare opportunity to deepen and widen the port of Mobile, which could revolutionize the state's economy for generations to come. This project has the ability to transform not only the Gulf Coast region, but the entire state. Senator Shelby, as chairman of the Senate Committee on Appropriations, promises he will continue to support federal investment in the Port of Mobile and will work to see the project through to completion. The channel deepening and widening is, is basically the estimate we're working on today is about $400 million. There's some contingency in that. And uh, the base project is a 75-25 match. 250 million will be federal money for the construction. 150 will be the state's match, including that one-time advanced maintenance. But the maintenance of the channel, we get federal dollars every year for maintaining the channel, and that runs about $25 million a year. So the federal, federal government, going forward, will be paying $25 million a year to keep this channel open. Airbus, Hyundai, Mercedes, Austell, Yellowwood are a few big names that rely on the Port of Mobile, but also farmers, factory workers, and every citizen in the state benefits from the port. We generate 135,000 jobs. It's not just the jobs here in Mobile because that's really a small percentage. The other jobs are the jobs generated by the companies that can participate in the global marketplace by having a competitive seaport uh, in, within uh, cost-effective reach. From soybean growers to coal suppliers, companies around the state count on the Port of Mobile to move Alabama products around the globe. As Governor Ivey says, investing in our port means Alabama will continue breaking export records and achieve greater economic success from Huntsville to the Gulf. As Governor Ivey and Senator Shelby have said, the Port of Mobile lies at the very heart of the commercial future of Alabama. I hope you've enjoyed this look at the Port of Mobile. For the Alabama Political Reporter and the voice of Alabama politics, I'm Bill Britt, and thank you for watching. Well, Susan, you were there. Mm -hmm. You were a part of that report? I was in the front seat, man. Yeah. I was in the front seat. I mean, I wish everybody could actually go down and see this port. You know, I expected a lot there, but boy, was I overwhelmed with yeah. everything. All the activity that goes on, all the the uh, products and things that go through that port and come in and out. It's And that's before the dredging starts. Right. I mean, Beth, it's a, it's a huge asset for Alabama, and it brings in... Mill hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, in tax hundreds revenue. Hundreds of millions or billions even, yeah, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, this is critical for businesses in the state that we have a way that commerce can move both into and out of Alabama. I mean, our peanut industry, our cotton industry, I mean, we have so many mm -hmm. great yeah. things here. Soybeans, coal, yeah. right, that we uh, ship metal. out. Well, and now wood. we're going to be able to bring in, we're going to be able to ship cars, whole cars out. Yeah, our and in. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I mean, they've got a whole pad laid out yeah, already yeah. for the cars coming in instead of coming through Savannah. And it's going to the poultry industry by a lot. Mm -hmm. We have to give credit where credit is due. Senator Richard Shelby and Governor Kay Ivey have fought diligently to make this happen. They really have. All right, you've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.